0: Good morning, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to NHR The Podcast with your hosts, Junior and Trev. NHR The Podcast is your Saturday morning dive into what is happening around the NEI Hoops world. So grab your coffee. It is time to talk some NEI Hoops. Good morning, Trev, and good morning, NEI Hoops Nation. We are uh, entering episode seven for nhr the podcast it's kind of been a been a great first semester so far we're kind of trickling down you know finals are over for most kids you know, almost all kids uh games are starting to trickle down as well but uh still some good games on the slate uh trev how are you doing man
1: we're doing good good to be back on the show uh excited about what we got in store for this uh episode yeah we had a lot of good games this last week and a few to look at coming up here as we head into the christmas week but uh Um, special treat I should say for um, those who like interviews we got two today so I'm excited to get into that
0: yeah we're doing a little bit of a KCAC special today we got a couple uh, we'll introduce them later but uh, definitely excited for that as well yeah moving on moving on to our uh, games of the week from last week just to get a little bit of recap before we get to our interviews Trev who did you have this week
1: uh, I remember I, I, I mentioned quite a, a few games. I know Georgetown-Pikeville last Saturday was on my radar. Um, close first half between the two um, until Georgetown pulled away. Um, 52 second-half points. Um, ended up giving the Tigers a 90-79 to win. Um, four different – I'm looking at the box score here, Yeah, four different Georgetown players, double figures. Um, two scored over 25 points. So that was a, a big-time showing for them. And then I also uh was was circling the KCAC this week. A lot of teams um back in action now in that league. Um a lot of question marks at the top. Obviously Bethel's been been red hot and they're in the top 25, but I was looking at a trio of games last week uh starting with Oklahoma Wesleyan and McPherson on Saturday and Oklahoma Wesleyan ended up coming um out with the victory 79 to 71. Uh Caleb Stokes 27 points, 10 of 20 shooting. Uh, but what made this week interesting was Um, all of the kind of top teams in the league that were projected to be the top teams played each other. So Oakville beat McPherson, 79, 71. And then I believe on Tuesday um, we had, or Monday, sorry, we had um, McPherson and Ottawa play each other. And that was a thriller double overtime. McPherson ended up winning uh, that one, 103 to 99. And then again, later in the week, um, Ottawa, who has been struggling, they've been, uh, preseason number one in the conference, ranked number fourteen. They uh, turn around and they knock off Oklahoma Wesleyan by double digits at home, um, ninety-nine to eighty-three. Uh, Jaquan Daniels, he's been phenomenal, uh, multiple thirty-point games um, this week alone. He had thirty-three against the Eagles, so um, it was a really interesting week for those two, those three teams, uh, kind of beating each other up. Um, and I guess that's good news for Bethel, who I mentioned, because they've kind of been on a hot win streak and they're at the top of the conference right now. So um, definitely an exciting week. And, and it, it looks like there's going to be a lot more parity and um, um, teams at the top um, competing for a spot for the championship in that league.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, that's one of those things, points to call out right now is that, uh, you know, I know that KCAC still has some games going on, but most of these leagues... Uh, you know, some of these teams have some momentum going into the break and then they'll get two or three weeks back or off right now. And then they'll come back and then, you know, you just wonder if they can keep their momentum up or, you know, uh, I know that I saw Georgetown already uh, signed uh, two kids for next semester. Now, um, NEI does allow them to play if they're eligible. So we'll see if they're, if, if uh, uh, Briggs is going to end up uh, letting them play or if they're just going to register the rest of the year or what. But, uh, um, you know, one of the unique things always for, for any eye basketball is just to to see the roster changes uh, at, at the Christmas break, you know, because uh, sometimes you get kids that have been sitting out for the whole semester that become eligible and play. Sometimes you get transfers to come yep. in and play. So, um, you know, it, it's a it's an interesting thing in the any in AI world where you know, you know you may have have a couple rosters that'll have a couple new players on it, and uh, it's always something to watch. And
1: you and you always hope too that this this pandemic too hasn't swung it the other way too that we're not seeing players leave um, based on teams not playing enough games games getting scheduled conferences altering their schedules you know maybe wanting to move to if they see x conferences playing and this conference isn't you hope that they don't you know want to leave and stuff based on that so but yeah it's it's always fun to see um, the roster changes right after Christmas and the new year because um, like you said the rules allow these players to jump in if they're eligible um, and we kind of see a whole new makeup and it really it really helps these teams to make a push for whatever conference they're in um, for a championship
0: yeah well and then you you kind of alluding off of the fact of what you said about with COVID you just don't know too that uh, with kids traveling back home and coming back you know and then mm-hmm. they having to test when they get back you may have some kids that are out for two weeks that uh, you know that could put a big damper on a season as well so we'll kind of see how that all fluctuates out I know that's a lot of what-ifs that we just uh, threw out there, but it's always something good to talk about at least because um, especially in the NEI uh, basketball, it's it's ever-changing. And um, right now you just kind of look at rosters and you go from there and you kind of figure it out and then you start watching games and see who's playing. So um, I'm sure there'll be some things we'll talk about uh, coming into next semester as well. Um, I'm going to move into my games of the week from last week. Uh, I'm going I'm to talk about two, one of them real pretty quick. Um, I, I talked about four games, but uh, the two games that uh, I was really looking forward to, the, I was I was like watching players. I mean, I, I'm a big players guy. I'm um, mm-hmm. in the NEI world, uh, and so on Tuesday night there was the uh, William Penn Park game. Uh, two of the play- best players in the country, I, in my mind, uh, Corey Reeves, who actually really struggled in that game, um, and then Kevin Blaylock for William Penn uh, had a had 23 point game. Um, they did keep him off the glass a little bit. He, he's usually a double-double guy, but they kept him off the glass. Um, but Kevion's a really, really good player. And uh, Willing Penn went on a big run in that game. I watched that one and, and ended up went, going on to win 110-81 to 81, um, after that big run. Uh, they're just really balanced, really good. Uh, my other game ended up being the end game of the week that I had on Wednesday um, end up being an even better game because the rankings came out on Wednesday and ended up having Dakota Wesleyan jump uh, from not rated to 18th. Um, and then Morningside uh, moved from seventh to eighth. So we had, had a top twenty matchup uh, with number eight Morningside and, and number eighteen Dakota Wesleyan. Uh, Dakota Wesleyan's playing really, really well. Um, I mean, they they have won I think eleven straight now. Um, they're they're uh, they're a team that is. They got Nick Harden back, and that helps out a lot. You know, he he ended up being hurt for most of the year last year, um, and and I think with him they they could have made a serious run too. They they were. If, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were a top ten team in the country um, for a while, um, and then they had some injuries for multiple people, and then Nick never really got back. But Nick is back. Nick Nick is back healthy. Um, <laughs> he really looked good in that game um, on the road. Uh, as he he had 24 points, six steals, and two assists in that game. Um, just a kid that that can really fill. I mean, I just as I just mentioned, he can fill up the stat sheet. Um, but on the road, it's one of the tough places to go play. And at Morningside, it always is. Um, for him to have a big-time performance uh, like that, he really carried them on to uh, the 75-60 victory in that game. So, um, you know, Trey Brown, double-double machine, had 15 points, 17 rebounds. He kind of did his own thing that he normally does. Um, but it just wasn't enough, as Nick Harden really carried uh, Dakota Wesleyan into that victory. So that was my game of the week, it, mistakenly so, because – I had actually looked at the schedule last week, and I had thought that the number one Indiana Wesleyan versus number five uh, Arizona Christian game was actually on Saturday. So I thought that was going to be something we're going to talk about today. Um, but you know how 2020 is mm-hmm. and scheduling. And I looked at, Not I looked at it at wrong. Yeah, I looked at it wrong, but it's okay. And so that's where we're at right now. We're uh, You know, we end up playing – that game ended up being played last night. Um, Big-time game. I mean, for the first half, um, you, you know – both teams are feeling each other out a little bit early, you know, it's a little bit back and forth. Um, Indiana or Indiana Wesleyan went on a, on a decent run, um, got a five or six. And then, uh, actually Arizona Christian after that went on a big run and end up, uh, end up having a chance to blow that game open early as they were up nine. Um, and then they're just, which is going to be weird to say, because they were at home, They were, Arizona Christian was at home, but they they're shooting woes was really, really bad last night. Um, ultimately that was their downfall. They, uh, just could not find the bu- bucket from the outside. And they end up losing 262. Any uh, Indiana Wesley looked every bit of a number one team in the country. Um, I know that they uh, they got 18 first-place votes in the, ring, in the top 25. Uh, just briefly getting into the top 25, um, you know, looking through, there wasn't really any big surprises. I mean, if you looked at, you know, shameless plug time, if you look at our uh, NHR, any uh, NEI NA, Hoops report, top 25, Uh, There wasn't really anybody that was was surprisingly in. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a lot of the same teams. Uh, Martin Methodist did jump in. I don't, you know, I I do think that they were, they're, uh, you know, one of the only two teams uh, that have multiple top 25 Mm -hmm. wins. So they're very, very deserving. I know Bethel, uh, you know, snuck in at top 25. We had them in, and I I told Coach this too, that – we had Bethel win because they had they had a nice little win streak, and they had the head-to-head win over Oklahoma Wesleyan. So that's kind of what gave them the push for us. Um, but yeah, a lot of very very similar rankings that that what we had. So we, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of all the hard work that uh, you know that everybody does to help us uh, put our our top 25 together. Um, just because we watch a lot of games, you know, and and uh, you know, none of us really, none of us are coaches or anything like that. So it's it's hard, for, you know. It's we, we try to. We try to watch teams as a coach. You know, some of us are former coaches, but some of us have never coached before, and so we just try to watch and and see what we see. So it's always a, like I said, shameless plug, but I'm very proud of the work we've done to get the top 25 in, and and it was cool to see on Wednesday when the official coaches poll came out and to see how close we really were because it was a, uh, it was very very similar. Um, you know, Georgetown, uh, just couple couple uh, things on on top 25. Georgetown moves from one to six. Um, you, you know, they're, they're a top 10 team. I mean, they'll, they'll, they should, unless they lose a couple more games, be top 10 all year. So, uh, you know, not, not surprised on the drop because they lost, but you know, I, I would, unless they lose again, I would, I would be surprised if they jump outside the top 10 anytime soon. Um, a couple you know, text him, text Arcana. I know you mentioned them as a, uh, one of your uh, shout outs a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, good to see them in the top 25, you know, like I said before, and they, if you looked at the coaches poll or the the conference polls on Monday that come out. Um, so Texas, Tex Arcano was actually the, in the preseason, they were the, the red river, second place team. They got the second place, second most votes. And then again, in this poll, they got the second most votes. So um, they're actually in their, in their own coaches poll, in their own league poll, um, the coaches are putting them ahead of uh, LSU, Alexandria. So um, just kind of one of those interesting dynamics, you know, you look at, when you look at those polls is that, you know, what teams are ahead of what teams in the league and how the, the, the a League Raider um, sees that league, and that's always interesting to me. So, yeah, you have any thoughts on the top twenty-five?
1: Yeah, it was just it was always interesting going into this one to kind of see um, what what the coaches and what everybody involved would do with teams that haven't played or have only played you know one or two games, and kind of making the balance there because obviously there are certain preseason teams that we thought would be a top 25 team and haven't played a game yet. So what do you do with them versus a team who maybe has played 10, 12 games and it has a, I don't know, seven and three record, eight and three record. um, But, you know, it might not be against the best talent. So um, it was, it was good to see that there's, I I mean, I see a one and O team. I see two O and O teams in here. I see a two and O team. So it was nice to see that they're not straying away from who they thought was going to be where they are at the beginning of the year. Um, and, and hopefully we can obviously get some games in, but I was also going to touch on Texarkana too, too, excuse me, um, that they were a team that started late. Uh, I think we talked about it maybe two shows ago and they had a busy slate of games right away, rattled off three games in one week and then another two games. And now they're sitting here at five and O, oh, um, and kind of just goes to show that the play. Um, yeah, on a quick notice, and they're 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 doing really well. They're scoring the ball. They're they're defending. Um, so it, I'm not like you said. I'm not surprised to see them in there. Um, also one other thing I noticed, I see College of Idaho. They're um they were eight. They're 15 now. They're sitting there at one and three. But don't let that number fool you. I know that they're they've had I think three games that might be all their losses against NCA Division one opponents. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But I know with a lot of these um new policies that have come in this year with COVID about X number of games in order to qualify for the postseason. Um, I've heard that they're trying, you know, they had all these exhibitions planned, but they're going to go ahead and count them just because they can get that. So they can reach that minimum game. Should things get more uh, crazy here in the second semester or more games get canceled or post. So that one and three record is deceiving. They're still a very good team. I, I know they battled their, their, ncaa opponents well so uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be too too uh straight away by record
0: no i you're absolutely right on that that's uh so so with a lot of the things that are going on in the cascade conference and, and up in that region right now they're having a hard time uh, scheduling games i know um they're hoping that you know they get a play in their conference schedule but just in case they are counting those games because they do have to get to 14 so um 14 games is what they're trying to get to so yeah that's that that is exactly the reason um that they're doing that um hopefully they'll get to 14 games and it won't matter but yeah don't let the record fool you they're, they're playing all division one teams right now so it's just kind of an interesting uh, dynamic to the season and it's part of that 2020 you know that, that yeah. 2020 yeah. scheduling that we just you know you kind of roll with punches and you have to do what you have to do to, to try to to uh you know yourself in a postseason position and and that's what they're doing right now so yeah don't don't be fooled by their record um but they haven't played an any team yet so it's kind of just one of those things where um or their losses are all to division one anyway mm-hmm. so it, it's just one of those things that uh, you got to be very wary of and, and they you know they've played any the games that they're winning them um and just uh you know they'll have to continue to win when they get back in and their record will will fluctuate back up once they start getting back in and, and playing that tough competition will prepare them and get them ready for the rest of the season anyway. So, you know, there's nothing, no harm done with that. Um, I know with an RPI standpoint, because of uh, some teams going to the RPI uh, or the NEI going to, to a more of an RPI standings. Uh, you know, division ones count higher, Um, you know, those losses don't count as bad against you, um, from an RPI standpoint. So there's, there's a lot of different dynamics into that one, but that one is definitely for sure on that. So, um, Trev, we're going to move on to our coach's interview.
1: All right, guys. And now we're joined by coach Matt
0: O'Brien,
1: uh, from Southwestern college, uh, coach OB, um, like he likes to go by as in his 12th season with the mound builders. Uh, they were 23 and eight last year uh second place in the kcac six straight 20 win seasons and 11 of his 12 years have been winning seasons at southwestern coach thanks for joining us thanks
2: a lot appreciate you guys having me
1: for sure yeah so um you want to just talk a little bit about how your season's gone so far um you obviously and your team have had a kind of a hiatus of games here in december um, and I'm sure it's been a challenge for you and your staff and players and everybody else in the conference and NAI uh, dealing with this pandemic. Do uh, you just want to talk about how you, your players and your staff have handled this yeah, so far? Uh,
2: you know, it's been hectic. We were fortunate enough to get off to a great start and we were uh, COVID, almost COVID free for the entire preseason and the uh, uh, start of our preseason games. And then we kind of just, had some tough luck with COVID, uh, here in December. So we, we got off to a good start. We're able to, um, go six, six and three and play nine games and, um, only have one interruption where we were able to replace the game. And then in December, uh, we, we tested and had added up to having half of our team positive with COVID. So we ended up just postponing the, um, remainder of our December games and we'll start back up in January. So, um, we didn't think we had it figured out, but we, we were we were feeling pretty good about the start of the season and then just kind of hit a buzzsaw with COVID.
1: How, how have your guys and players kind of reacted to, I mean, seen a lot of games postponed, canceled? Um, I mean, there were some in November and then obviously this whole month of December too. Um, how have you guys kind of seen them stay motivated, uh, inspired to get back at it? Well,
2: fortunately in November, we only had the one game that we – Uh, had to postpone and then we filled it quickly. So we didn't have very many games where, you know, a lot of the teams are switching opponents or they're off a week or two and then play. We kind of had, we're fortunate enough to have standard uh, a game or two each week in November. And then when December hit, when, when COVID hit us hard, then we were just shut down. So, you know, talking to the guys now, they're just anxious to get back and get back after it and practices we've been off for, close to four weeks now.
0: Coach, how does, uh, you know, you know, scheduling aside, you know, and things like that, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where now the rest of the KCAC has been playing a lot of games. Um, So you guys as staff, I'm sure are, are taking notes and watching a lot more games. Is it, is it, more user friendly now than watching everybody play and you kind of get to not have to prepare for teams so you're just your own games so you're trying to prepare for everybody as possible that are playing games right now
2: yeah um you know we're just kind of watching most of the games we you know we haven't really like split them up with our staff um you know coach miser and i coach miser has been an assistant with me for the last 11 years has been on staff with me and you know we just kind of watch all the games and if you're in the league long enough as, as we've been, you kind of have an idea what everybody does, but we, um, we, we've been watching the game. So I feel like if we had a moment's notice to play one of these teams, I feel like, you know, we could do it, um, uh, but obviously it's easier to prepare when you know exactly who you're playing and the date that you're playing. Um, but we're kind of just trying to uh, watch every, tried to watch every game we could just to kind of be prepared for second semester.
1: You talk about uh, Coach Meiser, who's been with you 11 years. Um, obviously, me being you know working with you and being so close to you and your staff, I know how how great they are and how great he is. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about um, what your staff has meant to you, kind of over these years, and even this year dealing with with this pandemic. And I know uh, it's not just him. You got uh, you know a couple other assistants. You got some student assistants. I mean, you've even uh, brought in a character coach and a former player, and Myron Fisher, who I know has been very very helpful for you. Uh, you just want to talk about them a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've had people in the past who've volunteered for us for a long time. We had Rodney Marner and Josh Sipes who were student assistants for us for four years, and then they they volunteered for three, four, five years. Um, they're not with our staff now as they're in uh, high school coaching right now. They're high school. One's a high school head coach. Josh Sipes is a head high school coach, and Rodney Marner's a head middle school coach, but those guys helped us out a lot but our current staff now i just feel very fortunate how hard they work our graduate assistant jimmy mcsorley um, this is his second year with us he does a, a great job caleb binding is a student assistant for us um, he came from cali county community college and he is a really hard worker we we have two student assistants this year uh, uh that that played for us last year jaron white's helping out and Lorenzo Martinez is helping out. So um, a lot of these guys volunteer, and um, you know, just feel very fortunate that that uh, we have people that want to be a part of our program and are willing to give back. And then you know, you mentioned Myron Fisher. He's just been outstanding. Uh, we added him as a character coach this year, where he comes in once a week and uh, gives a character lesson to our guys, and our guys um, have really, really embraced that and felt like it's added a lot of value. Uh, it's been nice for you know they're always asking when Myron's coming as opposed to me you know uh, Mm -hmm. really having to uh, force them to sit and listen they're excited to learn from Myron and then you know coach Miser he's just I feel like uh, one of the best assistants in in the country uh, helping us out so um, very fortunate to have so many people be loyal to our program and uh, support me personally as well
1: yeah coach Miser played for you is that correct For a year or two? Yes. For a year and then joined the staff right after that and has been with you the rest of the way um, which has been outstanding and and like you said it's great to see the loyalty amongst your staff that you've seen in the NAIA um, all around the country and all that fun stuff and and I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Junior does, but I don't know if there's any other assistants that have been around with the same coach and same program for as long as he has. So it's been it's great to see him grow and work with you as you guys have been very successful over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's been a big part of it. You know, a lot of times we talk in our program how we have two head coaches, and um, I can see how this season, if. Uh, you know, if I were able – if I was to have to step down from coaching for a couple games with the COVID stuff, I'd feel really confident that we have somebody who could step in right away. Well, Coach, you know, you guys, uh, you know, kind of moving
0: forward with the, the conversation, I know you guys picked back up on Saturday, January 9th. Um, can you guys talk about kind of when you're bringing guys back and uh, just the outlook on the, the KCAC this year?
2: Yeah, well, well, we'll bring guys back um, December 27th, and then we'll quarantine for a, a week. And i um, so very fortunate to have um, our administration be so thoughtful and caring of our program and all the programs of Southwestern with COVID. Uh, so, you know, not every team's going to have to quarantine when we get back, but we'll test as soon as we get back a couple times. So I know we'll get, have the best possible chance to keep our guys safe as we move forward. And then, you know, we'll start practice January 2nd, our first full practice. And then we actually just started, a, uh, scheduled a game last night um, versus Bethel on January 6th. So, oh, nice. yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for that. They're number one in the conference They're number 25 in the nation. And so, you know, I, we, you know, we, we like the challenge and the adversity. So we'll have six weeks off. We'll have four <laughs> days of practice and then uh, start getting after it with the number one team in the conference.
1: You know, my last question here, too, is kind of talking about all these, you know, we've had working with you, too. Obviously, we got all these games that we got to get rescheduled Uh, in January is looking like a very, very busy, busy month. Um, There's multiple games a week, Uh, I guess, kind of just going back to the preparation things um, and kind of keeping your players motivated. How do you focus in on. If you have Bethel on the sixth, then two days later you have Bethany, and then two days later you have, you know, uh, I'm just friends, whoever it may be. Yeah. How do you kind of, how do, how do you and your staff kind of tackle that and, and keep your players focused in on one game rather than looking ahead and seeing that, you know, we have four games this week?
2: Well, I think that's where our staff comes into play big time. I'm totally focused on the uh, opponent, the next opponent. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at anything for future opponents. I mean, right now we're watching games. I'm watching games on everybody, but when we play Bethel on January 6th, you know, I won't be thinking about anything of what we need to do for Bethany, our next opponent opponent. Mm-hmm. I'll be totally dialed in on the sixth and coach Miser will, he, he'll have the scout broke down and be ready to go on the ninth. So, you know, right after the game on the sixth, uh, he'll have the scouting report ready. And, you know, since we've worked together so long, you know, we, we we can talk in shortcuts in our own language to prepare uh, what, what we need to do and how we need to do it, you know, in 20 or 30 minutes um, because we've worked together so long. So we're very fortunate in that. And then, you know, we're more system-based. A lot of um, teams are are more scouting-based. And what I mean by that is, you know, we guard certain actions the same way almost every single time. So, you know, we're scouting personnel, and we may make some tweaks to how we guard certain personnel. But the actions that we're guarding, we're going to guard them about the same way every single time. So, I think that gives us a little bit of advantage going into each game, and that you know we'll we'll rely heavily on preparing for the personnel that we're playing. But the actions that we're going to guard, we're, we're going to we're system based, and we'll guard that the same way each time. Coach, it was a. Uh
0: great having you on i know uh i know you guys uh you know in december you didn't get to play any games but uh we're looking forward to seeing you uh come january it looks like january 6th now with the, you guys scheduling a new game last night uh so looking forward to getting you guys back on the court and seeing you guys um i hope that uh, you guys have a have a safe and uh and good rest of the season and appreciate you guys coming on
2: yeah thanks a lot thanks for all you guys do to promote NAIA basketball it's really awesome for the coaches and our players and the schools. NAI basketball is great, and just thankful that you guys take the time to promote it. Thanks, coach.
0: Keeping it KCAC, uh, we're going to talk about talk to talk with Daryl Bowie in our second interview. Uh, he was a 1920 All-American from Ottawa. Uh, Daryl, thanks for coming on, man.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: I know uh, we've talked a little bit on off air and stuff like that, but. Uh, um, you're a big advocate of the NEI and obviously of KCAC of, uh, basketball as well. Um, can you just talk about a little bit about your time uh, as an NEI player?
3: Yes, I will. My time as an NEI player was uh, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, especially my last year, man. Uh, it, it was a huge blessing. Uh, if anybody really knows my story, I didn't really play until my senior year. Uh, and I was always, well, I played junior college one year, but I was really at the NAI level for the other three years. But my senior year, uh, I was blessed. I ended up just having a great year. But I mean, the overall experience was amazing. And it was, it was ran very professional. Like it was, it was great.
0: Yeah. And can you kind of just talk about some of the competition level that you, that you, where you, I know you were in the NAI for a little bit, but, uh, you know, especially your senior year, just talk about some of the good players and and good competition and good teams of the KCAC. Like it was,
3: great competition
0: uh it was a lot of
3: people don't understand that it's a lot of d1 transfers that come to nai so we had a a few transfers from d1 we had uh, james conley conley he played at Friends university um i can't remember a lot of names but i mean it was a d1 transfer he ended up playing for kansas westland he was a guard uh the competition level was very high and you still had to compete every night and I feel like the way the KCAC is, like you, you can't really take a night a night off because everybody can really play in that conference. So I, I think that competition level was very high, honestly. Yeah, and and uh, you know, you you were kind of a unique uh,
0: situation. I, I I can't. I've been following the EI for a lot of years. I don't. I can't remember. I'm sure it's happened before, but you were actually. Uh, you average eighteen and a half points per game, two point four assists per game, and and were named an All American, and all that coming off the bench for Ottawa. So, yeah. um, can you, can you kind of just talk about that unique situation about you know because I think kids, it's important for 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 some of our audience members, you know, maybe they aren't playing a lot right now mm-hmm. or. Um, you know, maybe maybe aren't a starter or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you had such a great impact off the bench. And can you just talk, talk about a little bit about that and, and your mentality and the mindset and, and just talk to those kids that maybe things aren't going well right now or, or they're maybe they're, they're you know not starting, but how mm-hmm. big of an impact they can still have without being a starter.
3: Yeah, so I think mentality is huge. Uh I, I take you back to me being in junior college and not playing and uh end up transferring to NAI and not playing for a couple years and uh, just really staying in the gym and grinding, man, because I, I knew what I wanted to do. And so uh, you, you got to be mentally strong. Like the game, it can break you, but it can also make you. Um, I feel like for kids who, who aren't starting or anybody that's not starting, embrace the role because when I first started off, uh, when I started getting the little minutes, I was a straight defensive player like my job was to get in and just play defense. I had no offensive impact really at all, but coach could see by like the second game that, okay, maybe we need to, um, you know, some, let them play a little bit more, uh, let them do a little bit more on the offensive end. And uh, eventually they start calling more screening roles for me. And I was able to create and uh, make the best play for the team. But mentally you just have to be mentally strong and embrace your role. Like if you're a defensive player starting off or, whatever just in general be the best defensive player out there on the team and on the other team like uh I say compete with everybody but you're really competing with yourself but if there's a defensive player on the other team make sure you you're doing more than he's doing like you just have to, to outdo anybody that's playing the same position or doing what you're doing but at the same time embracing your role whether that's two minutes in the game or whether that's 20 minutes in the game
0: yeah, I think that's a that's a great uh, point and and just trying to keep it mind, right. You know, I I actually uh listened to an NBA uh scout talk about uh, talk to uh a team one time and he was talking about the fact that you know, NBA players have to play on demand, you know. That was mm-hmm. one of the things He's like he's like some of those bench players, you know, you, you may not be a rotational guy, but you know, if 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 you want to keep a job and and stuff of like that, you got to play on demand and even for college players, you know, and especially yourself, mm-hmm. you know, coming off the bench last year. It's just one of those times where, you know, whenever your number's called, you got to play on demand and yes. be, re- be ready at all times and, and be ready to play.
3: Yes, yeah, sir. I think that's great. Uh, I really looked – last year I was really looking towards uh, Lou Williams as a yeah. re- really big inspiration to me because he, he does the same thing. Like, I knew my job was to score when I got in last year, so it, it was no excuses for being cold or uh or anything like that, being stiff. I made sure I stayed warm on the sideline. And uh, I took my warm-ups very seriously. Because I wasn't coming in until for about three, four minutes until the game, so I had to make sure, like, uh, okay, I had to make sure my my shot was right, and I was taking the right reps and making sure my form was good uh, before I was able to get in the game. Make sure I was breaking a good sweat uh, to be able to come straight out in the in three, four minutes and play like I need to play. Yeah, that's always good
0: stuff. So, well, I know that uh, I know that uh, you you have a have a YouTube channel that you're growing right yeah, now. Yes, sir. Um, and and a lot of it's just the inspirational stuff about, you know, trying to, trying to send your message and your story out to kids and help them out. So can you kind of talk about your YouTube channel a little bit and tell people how to find you? Yes,
3: man. Well, you can find, all you got to do is type in Daryl Bowie, my name and man, I really started it. Uh, I know it's bad to say, but I'm really thankful for the pandemic. Uh, I don't know if I would have started it if it wasn't for the pandemic, but it's been a great thing for me and my YouTube channel is really to show people on my journey on being a professional basketball player, but most importantly, helping kids out. Uh, we've also, we've, with my YouTube channel, I've helped out uh, a few kids get scholarships already, uh, going into January or, uh, seniors going in, uh, to their freshman year in college for next year. Uh, and it's a great feeling, man. I just want, I know how it feels to feel like nobody's there, uh, when you're chasing a dream and, um, you feel alone and you, you don't really know what to do when you don't have connections or anything like that. And so I don't, I try to not have any other kids that come across me feel that way. And I'm always accessible. Any kid can DM me. Anybody can DM me players, college players DM me all the time I'm asking for advice and I respond to all of them. So, I mean, my YouTube channel is really just to um, really help people out mentally or uh, with anything they need, uh, whether it's talking to a coach or uh just little tips on basketball. I also give tips on basketball on my channel as well, man. So I I, I really appreciate you. Uh, Let me talk about it, man, because it's 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 big for me.
0: Yeah, no, I've I've watched uh, a few episodes. I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched a few mm-hmm. episodes already, and and uh, just a great uh, seeing you try to. I mean, you're obviously helping people out, um, and just great seeing the the messages that you put out to kids. Because I think I think a lot of it's important for kids to, um, they need to hear it sometimes. You know, you're you're real. You know, you're. Mm-hmm you're honest with them and i think sometimes kids need that especially you know maybe not from adults but from from their peers yeah. and i think that you being honest and and stuff with them from from a peer standpoint is
3: very very important Yeah, so and now I, I feel like they would uh take my message a little bit better seeing that i i've actually done it and actually that i'm still kind of younger towards the age so um yeah i think i think they accept the information well and some people call, uh, call and message me or tell me they messed up, and you know how, how can they get back good with their coach? Just little things like that, man. But it's it's great to be able to give them the information they need.
0: For sure, big time stuff, my man, big time stuff. Mm-hmm. So, we'll talk talk about what's next for you. You, uh, I know you got some stuff coming up on the horizon uh, for pro wise. So, talk a little bit about your your. Stuff. Yes, sir. Well, it's
3: it's it's been kind of tough. It's been a long process, man. But uh, I mean. Contact with my agent all the time. He calls me, lets me know, like, it's going to be okay because, you know, of course I'm seeing like, okay, when am I going to get a job? I'm ready to play. But uh, a lot of leagues are starting up in February due to COVID. Uh, COVID messed up a lot of the professional basketball world uh, overseas. And I think he said last time it's only about 30% of of overseas players playing right now. Um, So, I mean, it's, it's, it's great for me. It's very humbling coming off this season i had and to be able to like still i have to grind again like i'm at the point now where i have to start from zero honestly i feel like but yeah man it's 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 a long process but I, i'm enjoying it i'm i'm definitely enjoying it i'm i'm ready to play with whoever takes me
0: well and it's kind of uh kind of uh what you've always faced in your your entire career man you just got to stay ready and I know when that opportunity comes, uh, you'll you'll be fine, man, and, and you'll do big things uh, wherever you end up. Uh, you know, I know we'll be a fan of yours. Um, you know, we're we're wishing the best for you. But uh, if there's anything else that we can help for you for you with or help you with, you know, always reach out. But uh, always appreciate your message to, to the younger kids, my That's man. That's a blessing,
3: man. I really appreciate it. And yes, anybody can message me uh, anything, man. I'm I'm just here to help. I just I don't want anybody to feel bad about their career, man. It's, it, there's always a way. There's always a chance. So,
0: Good stuff as always. Well, that, that's Daryl Bowie, the 2019-2020 KCAC Men's Basketball Player of the Year um, with the Ottawa Braves. Uh, it was good having you on, and best of luck Thank to my man. Thank you so much. You too. Two great interviews uh, from the KCAC today uh, with Coach O'Brien from Southwestern College and then former All-American from Ottawa, Darrell Bowie. Great to have both on, talk some NEI hoops. Uh, It was definitely a great episode. We are going to wish you guys safe and happy holidays uh, this week. We are going to take a two-week hiatus um, away from the show. Uh, We will return in the new year. So have a safe and blessed holidays. This is Junior and Trev with NHR, the podcast, signing off. Happy holidays, everybody.